TTB Music Podcast. Cool for the summer. Pop tune, kids. Um, Ask you folks. Right. Yeah. Podcast eight. Uh, yeah. I didn't write it down. Let's yeah, say I, yeah. think, I think it's, it's eight. I think it's so. Isn't it July? Is it July? But well, I know it's. Oh, it's July. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure. Okay. I can't remember what. Oh, well. You know, if you've been paying attention to all, you probably know better than us. Anyway, uh, six albums. Uh, Biffy Clearo Clyro. God. Can't even speak. Well, it's a good start. Yeah, Clyro. Ellipsis. Uh, Michael Kuanuka. Well Love and hate. Yeah. I, 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 I remember last last time when we reviewed his debut album. I yeah. struggled to say it at all. Um, Blood Orange. Freetown Sound. Mitski. Puberty Two. Back for Lashes. The Bride. And Stephen Tyler were all somebody from somewhere. Um, just start off with a disclaimer in the fact that due to various reasons, uh, uh, Pete's only managed to get through, I think, all of them once with a bit of extras. Yeah. And uh, I even I have struggled to do three listens of have all you? of them this, this time. Right. Uh, although I've got, I have got three of most of them now. Is it because um, you've been staying out for the summer? It is because I've been That's staying out for the summer. kids as well. Yeah. yeah. It's just... God, I just... I lost track of time, to be honest. Yeah. No, I got thinking, thinking, oh yeah, got plenty of time for the, to do this stuff for the podcast. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, oh, that's next week. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's live, that. Yeah. Anywho, let's start uh, with some Scottish rock. And the uh, seventh album from uh, Biffy Clyro. Pete. Yeah, didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, can I be more specific? Yes, I can. Um, look, this is, this is it's okay. It's an okay album. But it really didn't set my my world alight. Yeah. Um, my 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 issue, I guess. I, I, this is. I don't, can't remember. If this is the first or the second of Biffy Clyro album we've. It's the first. It's the, 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 the first. The first. Oh, one we've okay. reviewed. Wow. Wow. I, I feel like I've reviewed one before. But hey, maybe I just listened to something. Um, my my issue here is it just sounds so well produced, and as a consequence just doesn't feel like it has any edge <laughs> and my major issue is with the vocals um this it's 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 just polished yeah do you know what i mean it's it's almost boy band i go In- as, interesting I, to say that so, go I, far, yeah go on no no i'll, 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 it's, I'll, I'll go as far as that you know it's almost like it feels like the next generation on from sort of lesser rock you know lad band but 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 heavier, yeah. Um, and 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 I suppose what I, the point I'm reaching for here, I suppose, is it, it feels like rock that with all the edges smoothed away um, equals commercial success. I mean, there are a couple of tracks on the album that ha- have co-writing credits from a couple of guys who co-wrote stuff on the Five Seconds of Summer album, <laughs> uh, amongst other things. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, I mean, in conclusion, therefore, yeah, it was it was okay. It, it's an okay album. If you like their their stuff, great. But I, I won't be rushing to listen to this again. 
I have avoided Bithy Chloride for quite a while. Um, yeah. Partly because I still don't, I still haven't quite forgiven Spencer. Hello, Spencer, uh, for dragging me along to the iTunes Festival in 2012 to uh, Roundhouse to see them live, um, and bar a couple of tracks, finding them incredibly tedious <laughs> as a live act. Um, and so I wasn't really looking forward to this album at all. Um, but I have to confess, I actually quite like it. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, whilst, agree- whilst not disagreeing particularly with anything anything you've said, because um, it is arguably over-polished, um, but I don't know, I quite, I, I, it kind of won me over. I mean, I, I heard at the single Animal on the, on the ra- ra- radio, radio and found myself humming it for day, days after, afterwards and I thought, oh, I quite, actually quite like that. It's quite... Is it Radio 2, perchance? It was Radio 2, See? I know, but there you go. <laughs> Which, I think that's what I'm getting at. Nighttime radio too, though. Don't, don't oh, okay. Radio, to be fair. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I thought this is yeah. I, 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 I quite like this. At the same time, the it's there are hard bits on it when you just think, okay, there are people that would have come to this band for the first time, perhaps through uh, when we collide. Uh, Matt Cardall's cover reworking of many of horror. Their, their song uh, in 2010's X Factor mm. and there are definitely songs you on this album you mentioned X Factor there as well I know yeah. but there are, song, there are songs on this album <laughs> yeah. that you could again see people doing yeah that's as it. X Factor to win a single yeah. and I'm not saying and I actually I'm not saying that necessarily in a bad way I think no. I think Simon Neal who's the guitarist songwriter uh, does have a canny knack for writing that kind of song and the thing that I kind of find of inter- most interesting about this album in a way, considering they are essentially a hard rock band, mm. is I think they actually work better as a not rock band. Yeah. So, so the, the 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 ballady songs, if you like, yeah. uh, rearrange small wishes, small wishes particularly. Mm. Show with, show show, show yeah. off his songwriting better, and are actually yeah. more interesting. And, and I think they're actually a, a more interesting band when they're not rocking, yeah. as opposed to when I, they are I rocking. Small wishes. I thought, you know, by uh, at the point where I was kind of almost dragged dragged into a tedium, um, that that actually was the track that pulled me back. Yeah, where it's towards the end of the album, and for for exactly those reasons, I just felt that suddenly when everything went quieter, it just worked. It works. Yeah. So basically, for me, it was actually yeah, it's probably the first album of theirs that I would listen to again. Oh, okay. In fact, I've listened to it a couple of times. So. And Animal is one of my favourite songs of the, the year because it's partly it's daft. I'll try it again. I, obviously, you offered the disclaimer at the start. Um, I have really tried with these reviews to sort of project myself into the future and intensely overthink them. <laughs> <laughs> More to come, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, uh, the second album from uh, Michael Kiwanuka, um, who won BBC's Sound of 2012. Gosh. Uh, yes. And debut album Home Again came out two, oh. two years later in 2014, which we uh, reviewed and liked. Um, Was there much of a gap between the two? Yeah. Wow. Um, and I liked it because it had that kind of 70s folky soul thing going on, Bill Withers, Donny Hathaway. Yeah. Um, old school soak and, soak and Foley, let's say. Folk and Soul League. Folk and Soul League. Um, soak and Foley. And so this, this album is interesting because you think, okay, album number two... Couple, only a couple of years gone. Is it going to be just, you know, sides three and four, as they say? And it's mm. no. 
Definitely not. No. He's got together with a uh, Danger Mouse uh, yeah. as a as a producer, and I think it's fair to say he's stretched his musical wings somewhat, mm-hmm. um, and I think sets his stage right from the off with a ten minute opening track. You're thinking if you're gonna do, if you're gonna go for it, just yeah, yeah. self indulgent, absolutely. Yes, but. I think it's a damn fine start to this this record. It could almost be Pink Floyd and Fred. Yeah. And again, I mean that Absolutely. in a def- definitely in a good in a good good way. It's uh, it's in fact one of a couple of kind of Pink Floyd esque moments on the record. Um, and you start off that showing actually some good guitar chops, as well as uh, keeping the obviously the voices still 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 there. Goes from that into a kind of uh, almost a kind of Laura and Vula kind of mm-hmm. rhythm thing with the uh, I think it's the single. Uh, Black Man in the White World, very catchy, mm-hmm. cool song. And it kind of goes on from there, really. It's, it's just immediately clear that his debut album wasn't a fluke and that this is obviously a guy who's going to be around for a few years yeah. and he's not afraid to kind of experiment within his musical tastes and interests. And, the, yeah, you've still got the Marvin Gaye, Curtis Mayfield kind of vibe coming through on tracks like uh, Place I Belong, which is one of my favourite cuts on the album um, I'll Never Love towards the end as well Be- beautiful song yeah. Love and Hate I can yeah. imagine being a, a, a really really good single and it's an album that I've now this is one I have listened to three times and each listen I've got more, more and more out, out of it um, I think it's definitely one of those records that I'm going to continue listening to and will be unsurprised if it fails to make my, well will be surprised if it fails to make my top ten at the moment I agree. I agree with with all of that, and I can only imagine that repeated listenings do reward. Um, it doesn't stray that far from, as you say, it doesn't stray that far from the template in in on the first album, vocally, or in terms of the songwriting. But there is that prog- there is progression enough in in the musical stylings and the production yeah. to to you know same artist but but down a different furrow. And uh, and I think anyone who appreciated the first album will lo- will love this album, and I think anyone coming new to it will think, "Wow, this is amazing!" I check out check out the previous album, and it's well worth doing. Um, agree with um, Black Man in the White World. I you yeah. know, hey, um, I, I one of my favourite tracks on the album, and uh, and you mentioned I'll Never Love, and uh, I actually really enjoyed the final couple of tracks as well. Yeah, um, and the, the, yes, Pink Floyd. Who'd have thought? I know. Just, just there, the kind of old sort of Gilmore-esque instrumentals. Absolutely. Because you know? um, so there is five minutes of ah. in, uh, basically some kind of pseudo background vocals and ah. noodling. No, it's just noodling. before before Pure the noodling. first track actually starts. Yeah, but, but it's, you know, it, it, it's, I see from the track listing here, it's over ten minutes. Doesn't feel like ten minutes. No. Very enjoyable. So, um, would agree with your review of that album. In fact, I would go so far as to say, um, on repeated listenings, this is probably edging up into my top ten somewhere. Yeah, praise indeed. Mm. Um, speaking of praise, uh, now on, on to one of two albums in in our list. In fact, the two the two next albums have both been getting quite a lot of. Uh, critical, praise. critical praise. We shall see if that's worth, if they're worthy of said praise or not. Very shortly. Uh, first of which is uh, Blood Orange and Freetown Sound. Um, it's the third album from uh, it's De- Dev Pines, uh, who has had many different guises over the 
past 15 years, including Lightspeed Champion and various other things. Uh, this is the third album under this moniker of Blood Orange. Kind of solely again. Really. Mm. Yeah, we're back in soul territory. Um, or oh, are we? Uh, yes, we are. Um, or oh, are we? No, no, really, we are. And that's how the album feels to me. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, think that, I think that's quite an accurate description, really. <laughs> it's, this, it's, it's, it's two albums spliced together um, with some, some other, other bits and pieces uh, thrown in between to get the track listing up to 17 tracks. Uh, but don't let that put you off because there's a lot of just quips and bits and skits in there. Um, there, was, there was stuff to enjoy in here, to be honest with you. Um, I found... I found some of the tracks quite engaging. And then just as I was thinking, I found found where this is going, it would just flip and it would go somewhere else. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so Are they the, having a full-on row out there? There seems to be a fight going on in my house that it's doesn't like, involve come, me. Come, come taste the Vine Studio household. Yes. I mean, look at this. Yeah. Uh, let's turn the mic up, see if we can get, <laughs> we can get in there. Um, There's parenting going on downstairs. going on there. Like Donald Trump wouldn't like it. Um, <laughs> topical reference. Okay, I was I was joking when I said I like kids. Please get that kid out of here. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's a bit like that. It's a, it's an album with background noise. <laughs> it's an album with background noise. Yeah, it is. It's just I just thank you, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like a demos album or an outtake. Yes, that's C- it. CD. It's lot. There's lots of kind of like interesting ideas going on. Most of which don't really seem to go anywhere or turn into anything. I mean, there's lots of really great. Uh, Brass and horns and stuff going on, and in, in some of the arrangements and things like that. When when actually songs do actually eventually come along, yeah, there are a couple of you know decent songs. Like yeah. Hands Hands yeah. Hands Up, I really really like. like um, Hadron Collider, which um, features Nelly Furtado, because obviously there are lots of guest female vocals on the on the rec- record. Mm. Uh, similarly, um, which is the one uh, there's one. Uh, EVP, which is quite uh, one of the more, pop, more, more poppy things in the yeah. album, uh, has Debbie Harry doing some vo- some vocals, uh, and, and Zuri Marley on Love You. I mean, these are all quite good tracks, but there's a lot of filler and a lot, a of, lot of filler, a lot of just yeah stuff going nowhere in between all. I think this. I think this could have been you could have kept a couple of the um, the skits, but actually. Um, at the same time, if you cut most of it out, you could have had a really, a really solid, sorry, album in there. Um, oh, it's really, really good. No, but I mean, no, really, really good in terms of how it's pulled together, but it's not so great in terms of how it actually sounds. Um, and it, it's kind of an album that feels, I feel like I'm, I'm completely unsure where it's going. I'm not entirely sure they're sure where it's going either. Yeah, I think that's, fair, that's uh, a fair summation I think it is just uh, I, I think a lot of the stronger reviews for it are either seeing something that clearly we're both not getting um, or it's just kind of people who are big fans of devs who just think he can do no wrong kind of I thing. have a feeling it might be the latter I have a feeling it might be the latter too yeah, but yeah. far be it for me to prejudge no, the people. No. So, so repeated listening I think I think I still need to find out what's going on there so we now move on to like another album that's actually been getting quite good uh well, very good critical uh, praise. Which is this, uh, I, um, I've written down six, though. I'm not sure that's right. I think it might be the fourth album from a lady called Mitski. Uh, the album's called Puberty 2. By far the shortest album on our uh, 
on our list, yeah. uh, which I think comes in under half an hour. Um, and the first of two back-to-back uh, -back happy albums, I think we can definitely say, uh, certainly lyrically. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of, uh, and this this is made quite funny by the fact that the opening track on this album is called Happy, yeah. which starts off with a kind of a re relentless electro drum yeah. noise, essentially. Yeah. that lasts for about the first minute and then slowly starts fading away as the rest of the track kind of builds. So it's kind of anything but happy. Yeah. Um, bizarrely, it turns into actually a very good track, um, although it doesn't immediately think, you, you don't immediately think that's what's going to happen. Very visceral and self-reflecting record lyrically about love and life. Uh, I liked one of the um, lyrics, I think it's in the song Firework, which is, uh, one morning this sadness will fossilise and I'll forget how to cry, which I thought was a kind of... Uh, a kind of nice kind of visual reminded me a lot musically and vocally particularly of uh, Sharon Von Etten and Lana Del Rey at times yes. um, the added kind of anger and lo-fi charm of uh, Liz Fair yeah. um, my problems with it was what I kind of ended up finding it more interesting than compelling and it, it seemed to lack enough musical depth to actually really hook me in and make it a central listening. Mm. Saying that, there was some obvious kind of fun stuff on it, so like uh, Best American Girl, which is kind of Weezer-like, um, yeah. uh, Loving Feeling, similarly, and a kind of Kate Bush-tinged uh, Thursday's Girl right. uh, towards the end of the album, which I kind of uh, thought was a highlight too. Um, so interesting without being totally compelling. I think it hits a, a kind of indie-driven peak in the album with Your Best American Girl followed by A Bet on Losing Dogs. Yeah, which, is a, which is a great title. My body's made of crushed little stars. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed the middle of the album. Hey, I enjoyed the middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, um, um, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I was actually a fan of Puberty too. I was, hey, never a fan of Puberty, but I was a fan of Puberty too. <laughs> for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Um, so, for, for me, for me, this was one of the more interesting. I found this a more interesting record than the one we just previously reviewed. Yeah, in that. Whilst again, it's that mixture of of songwriting style or emphasis of different songwriting styles or song song styles, um, that the mix was was better presented. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And uh, it to be fair, it's quite short. So it didn't, it's it didn't, quite short. Didn't, didn't didn't have any uh, time to go rambling no. into other kind of areas. No. Um, and I found I found it, and, and, and in comparison to the album we're about to review, um, there was certainly a lot more. Uh, light shall we say <laughs> in terms of in terms of in terms of i listen to the two back to back you see and in terms of the um in terms of the, the vocal style and, and whilst happy's does start with the contradiction yes um it, it does actually build into yeah i'm kind of roundabout not long records sort you know of, what i mean yeah. yeah yeah so no no this, this one i did enjoy so moving on keeping the happiness going we move on to the uh fourth album from uh Natasha Khan, otherwise known as Bat for Lashes, uh, called The Bride's concept album, uh, following the story of a, a woman whose uh, fiancé dies in a car crash on the way to the wedding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and she then decides to go on the honeymoon any, 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 anyway to kind of exercise her demons, as it, as it, as it were. So interesting kind of uh, idea for a cycle of songs. Does it work lyrically? Does it work musically? I enjoyed this album more than I'm going to let on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, 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 um, this is the one where I did actually get more than a, a first shot at listening. And I think had I listened to this a couple more times, I'd have probably really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the, it's, it's just been Mercury nominated. It has just been Mercury nominated. I, I, we've reviewed other albums this year, one or two of which have also been Mercury nominated. Um, and I was thinking of Savage's Adore Life yeah. as well when I was listening to this. And, and the, but this is a far slower, sadder, it's more yes, melancholic. It's certainly, both of those things. <laughs> version of that. Um, I mean, lyrically, a bit silly in places. Obviously, if you're going to present that concept and, 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 and do it well, um, there are times where it's going to feel a bit forced. Yeah. Um, but actually, I thought musically, perfectly fine. Perfectly fine record. Um, had that, as all concept albums do, had that sort of soundtrack feel to it. Um, you know, and you could follow the story and follow the progression of the story. Um, my favourite tracks, um, I, I did like I Do, the opening track. Yeah. Um, and uh, Widow's Peak. And uh, I will live. I will love again. Um, I'll love again. That's a great song. A very great track. Uh, so, so overall, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this record, and I probably have indicated more than I was intending to how much I did. Yeah, I, I think I, th I think it is. It's um, as you say, it's interesting. So it has been nominated for um, Mercury, um, which which I was thinking about it when I was looking where I read that story just the other, the other day. Uh, I thought it was interesting that it came on this particular podcast, given that obviously it's been nominated for the Mercury twice previous, yeah. uh, failing to win. Uh, Biffy Clyro have been nominated for for a Mercury before, failing to win. Michael Kawanaku uh, Naka has also been nominated for a Mercury Prize before, really? failed to win. Um, but so I thought it was in interesting that. Basically, with reviewing albums, and in this group of albums we're reviewing that are by British artists, three of the four that are by British artists are, are people that have had Mercury nominations at some point. And, um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's it's this this album. This album is definitely definitely a, a, a grower. I think the more the more I've thought about this album I've listened, I've listened to that I've listened to similar to you this list album this is the one I've listened to four times actually yeah. um, I think it's two thirds of a very very good album yeah I'll go with that and for me the la whilst I Will Live Again is uh, second last track I do think the final third of the album is both lyrically weakest and musically the weakest and and because the album is it is kind of one paced yes. pretty much it is it is all of a kind of much and i think that the first half of the album manages to overcome that by the strength of the arrangements and mm. the storytelling yeah. i think the final third of the album those bits are not as good, with the exception I will of I will love again, and as a, and as a result, it's in those tracks that you actually start to think, mm, actually this is a bit samey. This is dragging a bit. Do you think the concept has gone too far by that point? Do you think you one the listener is is perhaps perhaps yeah I, I, I definitely I definitely think that 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 towards the end, 
it seems to be struggling to keep the mm. momentum of the of the story going, which is going on quite nicely up until that point. Yeah. Um, so perhaps perhaps that's what it is. I mean, I still think, you know, it's still two two thirds of a very good album that are, and those two thirds are better than a lot of the stuff we've listened to this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, For sure. so, so it's an album that I would recommend just based on those two thirds, despite my reservations yeah. about uh, the final third. Um, but overall, I think it's uh, it's good, and I and I do like her personally immensely. I think she's someone who definitely seems to be the kind of person who is more interested in staying true to herself rather than chasing hit singles. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 clear. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly packed full of obvious it's, hit it's, singles as well. Interesting. Final thought on this: You mentioned the Mercury, and and this is could, you could argue the second album this year's nominations that uh, uh, uses death as a as a theme. Apparently she was listening to uh, Mr. Bowie's album was she? Uh, wow. whilst recording the, the tail end of this record. Wow, well there you go. So, speaking of somebody that's not chasing uh, commercial gain. <laughs> Doesn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the final album. And do you remember when we were all sat down thinking, what we really need is for Stephen Tyler to do a kind of country album. I remember that very conversation. Yeah. One no one, had, one, no one remembers that conversation. <laughs> Nobody has ever had that conversation. That, you know, that in itself highlights one of the many problems with this record. Um, clearly, Stephen uh, spent a lot of time doing American, American Idol, where he would have been subjected to quite a lot of people doing country pop. Yeah. Um, and for some other reason, he clearly decided that for his first solo album, he was going to uh, make an album of that that ilk, yeah. uh, which is you know fine. Um, you could cynically say it's kind of a play for hits, mm-hmm. if you're being such uh, a person. However, uh, got T Bone Burnett and Dan Huff, two very respected uh, producers, particularly of country music, but also of stuff just generally, in to help him produced the album it's worked with some um songwriters uh, the warren brothers and um in particular uh, what's her name uh, hillary lindsay who has written for people like faith hill carrie underwood uh, taylor swift tim mcgraw luke bryan so and won a grammy in fact uh, so you know someone that is in the is in the biz kind of knows what they're doing in fact wrote i think she co-wrote wrote or co-wrote um the song that Gwyneth Paltrow song in that um, country film, Country Strong, was it? I think it was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, okay. Anyway, so you've got that, so, and and then you kind of think, okay, th- and the album starts, and you kind of think, okay, my own worst enemy, I quite like this. It's, like, it's quite good. You're thinking, it's hardly country. And again, that's one of the interesting things about this record. Allegedly, it's a country album. It's gone straight into number one and the country, American country album charts. It's a country album that isn't very country, even by the standards of today's country pop. Don't get me wrong, there are a couple of bits that are pure flag-waving country pop. So Red, White and You, mm-hmm. um, I think Somebody New, and uh, I don't know what the other track is. There's another one that's really out there. I think it's Love Is Your Name. Very kind of country pop. But by the same token, a lot of this stuff, you're just thinking, 
This is just kind of an Aerosmith album, but with mandolins. Yes. Uh, for for good for good or ill, it's not it's not the best, and and that's that's the thing. Despite the fact of all I've just said, it's not actually a bad record. No, it's perf- it's perfectly fine. Some of it, like I said, it starts off actually quite strong. My I thought, hey, my own worst enemy, pretty good. Uh, we're all somebody from somewhere. Hold on, we're all all, all fine. Um, if you ignore things like Gypsy Girl, which is quite dreadful, um, the slightly pointless redo of Janie's Got a Gun. Um, it's one of my favourite Aerosmith songs actually but not sure why I decided to redo it I haven't really added anything to it and I haven't really countryed it up particularly either so, it's, no. so, so it kind of if, at least if they'd kind of like really gone gone to town with it in a country way it might have been interesting but haven't really um, and so it is worth things here thinking yeah it's 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 fine it's enjoy- enjoyable and even provides a, a a real bit of genuine funniness when uh it's a song by a woman called Alicia Bonagura. I had to write this down because I wouldn't remember it otherwise. Who is an American singer-songwriter who was apparently temporarily a member of uh, uh, the Mighty War. Oh, all right. Wow. Uh, and I'm presuming that time in the UK was uh, where she came across Catatonia. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, yeah, the, the chorus of her song that he covers on this album called I Make My Own Sunshine is pretty much Road Rage by Catatonia. Almost note for note. Sunshine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's one of those records... I, ca- I kind of don't understand the point of it, yeah. in a way, and what he was trying to do. But it, it's it's fine. It's enjoyable. I mean, I, I listened to it. I, you know, I, I thought, yeah, that's right. It was foot tapping when it was meant to be tapping. But still, nothing out of the ordinary. No. Agree. It could have been shorter. Could have lost those. It, could, it definitely could have been shorter. Yes, shorter. Um, I actually, uh, it, was, it was only when you said this is supposed to be a country album. I was like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's very light on the. Very light. Even, I mean, even by country pop standards. Uh, even by the country pop standards of today, um, this is not a country album. This is this is at best an acoustic Americana esque album. You know. With a bit of both folks thrown in. Where I found actually um, it's, it's where I found it was kind of reassuringly familiar. Yeah. Were on those tracks that did sound more like Aerosmith. Yeah. When he goes the full Steven Tyler, you know, um, Aerosmith. I think we're all somebody some from somewhere. Yeah. And that even the cover at the end of uh, Peace of My Heart. Peace of My Heart, yeah. Which is actually quite good, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a good cover. And I could immediate but I could like you say, as you look into the pop hits, I could immediately see that soundtracking a whiskey advert or a perfume advert or something, you know. And also it's the good typical thing, like like all our Aerosmith albums, you've, you've you've got the kind of Stones influence yeah. thing of what what I'm doing doing right. You've got uh, mm. uh Beatles element in the middle of I Ain't Easy. And you know that's kind of standard things uh, yeah, in for, for, for that. But it's a shame really he didn't kind of he's kind of st- struck out far enough, but not too far away from from bass, which sounds like I've just contradicted what I said. But but um, it, it it didn't. It felt it could have gone more country if he'd been more daring. Yeah, I think I think it does lack any country, any, any, <laughs> yeah, well, any kind of any, any kind of bravery. Really, yeah. it's just not going to. I mean, I'll, I'll, I have to. Kind of end this with a quote from his uh, erstwhile bandmate uh, Joe Perry, who was quoted in one American, in the American press by saying, uh, "Stevens in Nashville doing whatever he's doing. 
And he's got a fucking rhinestone cowboy on going yippee ki I don't know what else to say, what to say about it, really. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of sums it up, except there's not enough yippee ki No. No, not a melon farmer in sight. No, no. That's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. I hope he does another one. Uh, well, I'm I'm sure he will. Yeah, uh, no, sincerely, I do. If just to annoy his bandmates. Yeah. But it would be nice if he actually, you know, just went for it. Yeah, just go for it. Be, because actually, final thought for me, my own worst enemy, which you also like. Um, so for me, that was one of the most different tracks on the album, the opening track. Yeah. He actually vocally sounded gruffer and different on that track as well. But again, it sounded very much like an Aerosmith song. It did, but 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 didn't. You're never going to escape that, I suppose, because because of he is who he is. But but I just found that that was that was different enough that track. Whereas what followed was perhaps more perhaps more formulaic. Yeah. So album of the podcast for me, it will be, it'll be a, a a tie Ooh, between tie. Bats for Lashes and uh, Michael. Kiwano, can't just get it wrong again. Kiwanuka. I'm going to come down on the side of Bats for Lashes. I'd agree with those two choices. I'm going to come down on the side of Bats for Lashes. Bat for Lasses. Bat for Lasses. That's the one. Bat. <laughs> Bat for the Lasses. Yeah. So it's win for uh, Biffy Clara then. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, Spence. Sorry, Spence. Till next time. <laughs>